Rusty Quill presents. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Minerva Snake Oil Solution. Your serpent lost its shine? Your anaconda feeling less than zero? Minerva Snake Oil Solution made from a wonder of natural lubricants will have your python feeling supple and slippery and back to the vivacious viper your partner has come to love. Minerva Solutions. Save your regrets for tomorrow. In a strange city lying alone, resignedly beneath the sky, the melancholy waters lie. The black pond continues to cough up its secrets. From its grim origins, it may yet all be revealed. An ambitious inspector, a fumbling constable, a peacock, a newsboy, old bones haunting the depths as a marker, a curious girl in a black trilby. As these moments around the black pond of Lanula Park pass by, we've only a few loose ends to tie. Innocent enough, but possible just a foil for underlying currents more sinister. It's on a comfortable evening as all the ice of the Black Pond was fully melted that Charity Suter returned to meet up with Edmund Green. In the first blue hours, will she destroy herself like deceased flowers before the brilliant expanse where we feel the enormously flourishing town exhale? It's too exquisite, Charity said. A warm night after all this chill. The night was warmer, and after some cocktails and a rich dinner of quail and asparagus with hollandaise, Charity Souter and Edmund Green took a stroll around the pond in order to talk about the week's excitement. News had traveled fast. Plum the Peacock had been returned safe and sound. The newsboy Shiner was not in the ice after all, but back at his stand in the mornings and evenings hawking issues of the lantern paper. It had all been a bit too much for Charity. The scandal, the fright, were more than she was looking for when she agreed to spend time with Edmund. Dr. Quaid, the phrenologist, still wanted to examine Enoch, even after the accusations had lifted. Charity had made some progress with him, but was far from being able to trust him. 
The promise of the bigger society life still hung fresh in the air. But right now, her instincts were to move along to a quieter life working in a shop at another part of town. Returning to the theater wasn't an option. She'd burned too many bridges. And she wanted nothing to do with the remnants of her family. Edmund was still hopeful. She could see it in his eyes. He was looking for an opportunity to grasp her hand, to pause in the gaslight, to kiss her. She suggested they sit on a bench. She needed a moment to explain, so she could let him down easy. The park was nearly empty. The mystery had come to a mundane conclusion, and the rabble moved on to the next one. Charity and Edmund sat still in the quiet. A lone violinist played a sweet concerto that faintly drifted over them from outside the entrance gate. Edmund took her hand. Edmund, I've been doing some thinking, Charity said. Edmund took a breath in and held it. You have a real task ahead of you, looking after Enoch. He needs special care. I think with your factories and Enoch, I'm not sure you have room for someone like me. Edmund pulled his hand away, shaking his head. Charity paused, gathering what to say next in the kindest way possible. They sat in silence for a few moments when a figure slowly came from the trees and sneaked to the pond edge farthest from view. In the dim light, Charity could just make out a wool coat with buttons, a paunch, and a scruffy beard. It was Constable Hughes. At first, she imagined he was just making his rounds to secure the park from the commotion of the last few nights, but he was acting a bit strange, dragging something and shifting a bit. Hughes slowly waded into the water up to his ankles. From behind him, he pulled out a cask and held it firmly between his knees. Charity squinted to try to get a better look and nudged Edmund. Hughes reached over to the shore, and to Charity's shock, Hughes lifted out a small white shape, somewhat round. He could just make out the look of it. It was the body of a child. A baby. He slowly slid the baby into the cask. Charity stood. Hughes replaced the lid snugly, used a small key to secure the latch. He then took a step back, and with a heave, hoisted the cask and weight into the water. Charity screamed, startling Edmund and alerting Hughes, who then noticed them. Charity screamed again and pointed. Inspector Bennett was just leaving Madame Viola's house after returning the ransom money and wooden pennies when he heard the scream. He darted to the pond edge. Hughes bolted for the tree line, hobbling deeper into the park. Edmund limped after Charity as she scrambled from the other side of the pond. Bennett met Charity at the end. She yelled that Hughes had thrown something into the water and pointed after Hughes. The key! The key! She shouted. Charity waded into the water and searched frantically for the cask, her arms fishing about under the surface. Edmund splashed in after her and frantically searched as well. Charity pushed further into the chilly water. She nudged something with her foot, but couldn't grasp it. She dove head first. Edmund was aghast at her boldness. Charity came up with the cask, handed it to Edmund, who helped her to the path. Bennett easily caught up to Hughes and dragged him back to the pond. He demanded the key. Hughes reluctantly tossed it up, slumped to the ground. He began to tear up and cry. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Please, he yelped. Bennett quickly unlocked the cask and flung off the lid. 
He turned away from Charity in case the results were grim. He felt into the cask. There were no cries. Bennett sighed a deep sigh and slowly lifted out the body of a doll. A porcelain head and soft cloth body with hard limbs. The perfect sized doll to look like a baby slipped into the cask. Bennett handed the doll to Charity to calm her. Edmund covered her with his coat and offered his handkerchief. She sat on the ground to catch her breath. Her panting relaxed as she felt the doll, making absolutely sure it wasn't real. Bennett returned to Hughes, who was blubbering, saying he had no choice. He begged if he could just put the cask back. He had to do what he was asked. Please put the doll back. Bennett stood him up and insisted he'd have to come back to Needle Street to sort it out. With his hands full, he asked Edmund and Charity if they would be so kind as to deliver the cask and its contents following behind them. Charity agreed. Bennett took Hughes to find a carriage at the park entrance. Edmund lifted Charity and she handed him the doll. She picked up the cask to look inside. There was something more. She felt for it. There was a piece of paper folded at the bottom. She pulled it out. It was a jagged page torn from a book. She looked at it, and it read some familiar words. Love you more than the seas. Make them drown. Yes, they did. Charity fished in her pocket and pulled out the paper she'd saved. The page that Enoch had given her in his room. She held the two side by side. They were almost identical. How did he know that was in there? Charity folded the paper. She looked to the light in Enoch's window. A faint lamplight. She turned to Edmund. As I was saying, I've made a decision. I don't think you have time for someone like me in your life. Without knowing that Enoch is well-adjusted and back into society. I'd like to take on the role as governess for Enoch. I think he needs someone with patience that he trusts right now. And I think I may be the only one that can do that. I think taking care of him would be my primary focus, so any courtship would need to be suspended for the time being. Until we are sure at least he's on his feet. Better than we don't add to the disruptions. Would that be agreeable to you? Edmund thought for a moment. That would be agreeable to me, he said. And if your fondness happens to grow over time to match my own, that would be fine too. Charity agreed. As Bennett beckoned from the carriage at the entrance to the park, she put the page back in the cask and then took the doll. Before she put it in the cask, she looked at the face. And then she used the tip of her finger to tap the mouth. Edmund she said. He tapped again. If I didn't know better, I would think... I would think these teeth... Edmund, these teeth are real. Life may be lived in the city, but in open spaces like Lanula Park with ponds and fountains, 
It's where we hope to contemplate existence and escape feelings of dread, hoping that nature will provide a sense of grounding and comfort. But there is no escape. The frights and the chills and the dread and the dismay, the distress and the disquiet, suspicions and unknown, there is no escape from the horror. So we must embrace it. We become the delicate machinery of these puzzles, gears and the mechanisms, where all our secrets change faces, but every lock is a lie. In a strange city lying alone, resignedly beneath the sky, where the melancholy waters lie. Come for a stroll around the haunted waters of the Black Pond and join us for the next season of Selene. Would you like a ticket to enjoy the revelry of Midnight Affair? Our Patreon is a place where you can see all the sordid savagery and indecent decadence of the mysteries of our fair city. Want some answers for once? Solve the mysteries and share never-before-heard stories, music, and spectacle. Come be a part of Moonlight Affair, Silent Treatment, and Selene with the other spirits again and again and again and again and again and again and again. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.